In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies. We have some problems over here right now, and we might have a hijack over here too. This is a conspiracy indoctrination program. Pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. Got the right ones today. Almost missed it. Almost missed it, but didn't. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Conspiracy Indoctrination Program, Coindoc Pro, episode 37. <whistles> We're back. We're your hosts. I'm Jake. Luke. The other Jake. The other one. What's going on over there? I had to hurry up and get my name out before I burped. I'm <laughs> just double fisting that D. That's yeah. why. Speaking of D, I want to thank Jake for providing me with a D tonight. In for the save, but not a very big D. But nope, just super huge. Slim boy, <laughs> Slim Jim, Slim boy. This episode is officially unofficially brought to you by Liquid Death. Officially unofficially. And severed, severed lime. Vodka. <laughs> and vodka cranberry juice with some ice. And water. And water. Stay hydrated while drinking. Yes. I need to make a little clarification to everybody out there about... Excuse me. <laughs> about liquid D. Okay. There are different colored cans. This, this is, what's happening tonight? It's gone. It's gone. We're off to we'll see you next week, folks. Hi. <laughs> right. Good night, everybody. Hi. Good night, everyone. Um, when buying Liquid D, you have to keep in mind that there's several cans and several can colors. The can colors you want to stay away from are the black and the white and the silver cans. Green and gold, those are the two that you want. Green is, is the, separate is orange? line. Gold? Gold is the mango. Okay. Mango yeah. chainsaw. And then white is, or silver is bury it alive, which I heard isn't very good. White is just plain water. I've had that one. And then the black one is the uh, sparkling, sparkling water. water. I've had yeah. those too, yeah. Yeah. So I got hit up by a listener who said, Hey, I found Liquid D literally right across the street at a convenience store at my house in another state. Bought it and then was like, what the hell? It was just the water. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, yeah, bummer. Bum rap, dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just look for the green can. Green and gold. Have you? You haven't even tried mango. Nope. Not going to. Not going to. 
I'm gonna get him. Gonna I'm gonna get him a 12 pack for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just drink it and won't tell you. Probably he's like, oh, this is the best stuff ever, Jake. It's, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's disgusting. But totally I love not it. drinking this. Uh, so anyway, today is the last show before Christmas. Yes, indeed. Fuck. Yep. Second to the last show of the year. Holy shit, dog. It's been a pretty good year. We started in beginning of March to now, and we've had about 4,100, 4,200 downloads. So wow. it's a pretty mm-hmm. successful first year, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Thanks to all the listeners out there that are... <clears throat> paying attention and liking the uh the content the people that are leaving feedback that's positive we appreciate people that leave negative feedback go fuck yourselves (laughs) (laughs) this is really putting it you know we're probably going to be retiring from our normal jobs because we're oh definitely i already i already put in my two weeks notice we're like doing that well yep so despite luke's hate for us (laughs) <laughs> I gotta give him some props. Yeah, I suppose. We Dude do. showed up tonight with three pizzas <laughs> <laughs> from Idaho Pizza Company, the real pizza. That's some shit. So thank you for feeding us. Cheers to Luke. Cheers to Luke. It's the last time you're gonna get a compliment. <laughs> that one's gone. I watch out for my weemans. <laughs> So, yeah, despite uh, all the rashness shit we gave Luke last week, here he is coming through this week. Man, big time, too. Got us all fed. Showed up with a sawtooth. Canadian bacon black olive. Canadian bacon black olive, and then a vegetarian for Jake's wife. Yep. Dude's thinking of people. Tis the season. Mm -hmm. No shit. Round (laughs) Round of applause for Luke, everybody. Yeah, speech. Big speech. Speech. What am I saying? Nipple? <sighs> <laughs> and I will give him more props. He's now in his mid 40s and he's finally a man. He bought a 300 blackout. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. How are you liking it? <laughs> it's just an expensive hammer dry- right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've dry fired it three times. <laughs> dry humping. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, dry. He's dry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Three hundred blackouts, pretty fun to shoot. Are you gonna suppress it at some point? I don't know yet. They're pretty quiet when you suppress them. Pretty fun to shoot. Yeah, my brother is quiet. Speech. Oh yeah, <laughs> I suppress all free speech. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. He's a man now. Welcome to the 300 Club. He's getting hair in really weird places. <laughs> <laughs> when you're that old, it's just Not in your the... nose and your ears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or the back of your earlobes, dude. Yeah. Have you seen people with hairy earlobes on the back? I have not seen that. That's up. bad. Eyelashes growing way too long. Eyebrows. Eyebrows. Yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> your eyelashes are like sticking <laughs> like three inches. <laughs> There was a dude on a flight when I was going to Portland one time that had those fucking huge eyebrows 
with shit in them and everything. And Eyebrows? Was, yeah. Dude. They were like fucking... Like mine last year? <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting behind him and across the aisle, and that was like all I could look at. Like 3D, oh, dude. Fuck. Come on, dude. How can you not look in the mirror and be like, what the fuck do I have going on here? <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is look at yourself in the mirror and turn slightly to the left or the right, and you go, dude, 3D eyebrows, too much. <laughs> or you're just sitting there, and they're hanging down in front of your Oh, yeah, view. get some danglers in your vision. Yeah. You're like, as soon as I see that, if I'm like at work or something, I'm like, rip, 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 rip. What? Are you some fucking elitist from the 1600s with those things? <laughs> yeah. Get some mustache wax and... Get those twirl those pants. bitches up, and puffy pants with the socks tucked in. And that is the stupidest look ever. <laughs> Somebody should bring it back. <laughs> Somebody cue up the harpsichord. Yeah. Mary ye, Mary ye. Where art thou? Shakespeare festival. Yeah, Shakespeare's dog. the worst, dude. That stuff sucks. Uh, anyway, um, so Zelensky's here, guys. A round of applause for Zelensky. He showed up to the United States Fight the power. and <laughs> spoke to Congress. That was awesome. Rumble. But seriously, dude, what's up with that outfit, man? Like, shows up wearing, like, army green. I only saw a head. I don't know. Army green pants and then like a sweater. Like, dude. Hi. Good night. You're coming to the White House. Like, did can somebody like take him to Burlington Coat Factory or something and help the guy buy a hundred dollar suit? Give me a break, dude. Used to be a dead guy's. <laughs> I bought two suits from Burlington Coat Factory. They're just fine, dude. Hundred bucks. Bam. Just is, like that. Is Burlington the used one? Mm-mm. Oh, it's not used. Mm. Okay. No, I was thinking of the brand new dog. Okay. Sell all kinds of like classy stuff. Well, well, kind of classy, but for real, dude. The guy showed up looking like that, and then him and JB did a little freaking joint presser. I'm like, come on, man! Like you guys are laying it on thick. Yeah. <sighs> I watched the press release or the the press event, but I didn't watch the the. Um, thing to congress couldn't stomach it the thing to the press was annoying enough it's like just begging for more money yeah now that they want to send him they want to give him jdams and shit i'm like dude come on really like all they're going to do with the jdams is just turn around and reverse engineer those things like just arming the next enemy dude the whole thing <laughs> man, is just shady to say the least the least yeah yeah i don't know but yeah that joint press release was pretty awesome to watch i was like okay yeah cool speaking Uh, enough of of this speaking of arms and shit when i was picking up the pizza saw the he's gonna he's gonna inject this into everything when i picked up the pizza (laughs) for us (laughs) i saw a commercial for it was like the most bizarre commercial for Lockheed Martin. Like, they have, they have a store? <laughs> I was say, what? They have commercials? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. 
like, what the fuck? This is like even worse than pharmaceutical commercials. What, like, were the, what was the commercial was about? Nor- on TV? Yeah. Was, was it like, was it at Ido Pizza? Mm-hmm. What was it like, about? Showing the, all the jets and shit that they build and like... So they're hurting for employees, too? <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, what's going on with this place, man? It's getting weirder yeah. by the day. I was just like, that... Who's huh. going to watch this and go, God damn it, I need to go buy myself a fighter jet now. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you guys watch that Netflix <clears throat> special about the Pepsi? Where's my Where's my jet Pepsi? I have It's good, dude. You got to watch it. Never totally reminded me of Ben. I remember that story when that first was happening, yeah. and, and I remember that commercial, but... Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? What a loser. Hey, thanks for Liquid Death. I'm going to plug in the pinball machine, you guys. Uh, don't mind me. <laughs> so Pepsi had run a campaign. Like, remember back in the... 90s when they were running the campaigns where it was like you get pepsi points and then you would um be able to get like clothing and merch and stuff like that so they did one like that but they at the end of the commercial they said like seven million pepsi points and you get a harrier fighter oh yeah i saw a headline about that some guys that actually got it Yeah. yeah And so a dude found a loophole and then said, hey, I want my jet. And then they, they took him to court. I watched the documentary. It's like a three or four part on Netflix. It's, it's really good. Um, I can't believe he lost that in court. He should have totally won that. But it just goes to show, yeah, that corporate interests are the, what's really, you know, uh-huh. what's in charge in the, in the world. Yep. But the dude, the main guy that got all the Pepsi points totally reminds me of Ben. Mm-hmm. Because when I was growing up, Ben Ben's f- family was doing the Pepsi Point thing, and he always had all the Pepsi merch. <laughs> you know, I I thought that I did see a headline about that whole thing. I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't know anything about it, but yeah. I thought it said that they they won it or something, or they had to pay up or something. Or yeah, they they I don't spoiler alert. You know. Oh, but. okay. But yeah, we'll talk afterward. Yeah, because I'm like super interested. <laughs> but it's a good it's a good show. I mean, it was definitely like one of those ones where you're like, eh, that's the shitters win again. Mm-hmm. Should have. Yeah, I mean, I think that you should have won that in court. But <clears throat> anyway, um, and then I want to say thank you to the Washington Post for just another one of your psyop fear mongering article headlines that caught me caught my attention until i actually read the article and then i was like <laughs> you guys got me you got me good so clickbait yep here's the article headline putin declares war aloud forsaking his special euphemistic operation i was like whoa <clears throat> so it's on i was like yeah Ukraine, Zelensky, and Biden do the joint press release, and then the next day, now he's waging war. I was like, oh, this is going to get interesting. Yeah, not so much. Then you actually read the article, and then they give a quote from Putin where he says, Our goal is not to spin this flywheel of a military conflict, but on the contrary, to end this war. But they got you, dog. Mike. You clicked. Yeah. So he's declaring war, but he's saying he wants to end the war. 
Yeah. In the article, they're basically saying that this is the first time that he's actually called the conflict a war. I'm like, that's uh, <laughs> that's debatable, debatable on whether or not you should have been able to put that headline out. I'm just saying. It's just to get dummies like me clicks and all that yep. shit. And they got me. They got one. So Washington Post, go to hell. Keep at it. <laughs> You're doing great. You guys got any uh, <clears throat> any newsies before we go into it? That uh, omnibus thing passed. What? The omnibus spending bill. It's like four trillion dollars or some shit like that. Bro, all they're doing is just trying to run this thing dry so that they can do the little Klaus Schwabby Great Reset. <clears throat> oh, what was the thing? I was, keep at it. I'm trying to think of the thing that I saw the other day. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Yeah. 4,000 page bill that. That should be illegal, dude. Mm-hmm. 4,000 pages. Nobody is going to read that. People don't even read 300 page books now, let alone a 4,000 page bill. I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That or what should happen is they should actually make somebody read that entire bill to all of those fools in Congress and Senate, and they can't leave the Senate or Congress floor, the chambers, until they've listened to every word of that bill. Mm-hmm. Yep. Pack it in, people. You're going to be here for the next seven days with Pelosi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in tight quarters. Lock the doors. Hey, speaking of Pelosi, so the interesting stuff that's been coming out, uh, coming out about Paul Pelosi and that David DePappy... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had like he, some list. Yeah. So check this out, dude. This is a new theory. Haven't heard this anywhere. Nobody's talking about this. So this is a Cohen Doc Pro exclusive. Ooh. Alleged. Uh, allegedly. Copyright. Patent <laughs> this protected. Is a, this is just a peek into my brain. All people. rights reserved. Yep. This is just how I think. So the other day I'm talking to a friend of mine, and he tells me that apparently he was re- he's an investor the investor type of person and he was reading some investment articles and things like that about how um Paul Pelosi's like a big up and comer like he's out like he's outperforming a lot of the top dogs in the industry in the investment industry like people like Warren Buffett and stuff and I was like yeah that's cool you know we're doing some work kind of went in one ear and out the other where you know I was just kind of like yeah of course that guy's you know got a congress Speaker of the House wife, and so he's knowing all, you know, the inside trading type mm-hmm. of stuff is would make sense to me. Then I started to think about the situation with that David DePappy and the hammer thing, dude. What if that was a setup from other investors that were trying to take him out hmm. of the investment world because he's somebody that's a newcomer to the or the that old or blood. that he's just outperforming everybody hey we gotta get rid of this guy. yeah you know either maybe not take him out take him out like casino or you know like holes in the desert right <laughs> not like that but take Bricks him out here in a fairway <laughs> yeah but maybe take him out like you know put him out in front of everybody and ruin his reputation mm. i don't know hmm <laughs> That's, Maybe it's a little psyop on, on him. It wouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. All the games those fuckers play. I was just thinking, 
just kind of weird. What if? Anyway, you guys got anything else? I was trying to think of that thing that the headline I saw the other day. Hmm. Something about George Soros's emails. Did you guys mm. see that? Yeah. Ball sack face. Yeah, weird looking dude. His eyeballs look like a scrotum. He just looks like a scrotum. Chewed up bubble gum. <laughs> he's at least the second ugliest person in the world. <laughs> Who's the first? Mm. I don't know. There's a couple that are in the top running. Well, we're tied, re- tied for first. I don't know. We'll report back. Yeah, we'll week. think about it. Let me think about it. Give me a couple of days. I'll bring it back to you. Listeners, submit your yeah candidates for yeah, the ugliest. candidates for the ugliest person in the world to info.con.pro at yahoo.com. We will read it on air. Yes. Um, but yeah, cool. Into the main diggity. Yeah. Sure. I wish I would have remembered that shit. But. Do you remember it and just interject? Just boom. Just okay. throw it in there. So today, episode 37, we're going to kind of... Con- yep. We're going to continue the uh, Kennedy talk and talking about the uh, autopsy shenanigans. We were... Oh. Give it a slurp. There we go. Yeah. Slurp on it. <laughs> Slurp on that D loop. <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking. I was just saying some Slurp on. I know. I could read your mind. <laughs> Telepathy dog. Um <clears throat> so we were gonna talk about the occult numbers and Dealey Plaza <clears throat> stuff, but we should actually maybe do that on another episode. It feels like it maybe flows a little bit better better to go into the autopsy stuff because the autopsy shenanigans really if you go from the single shooter theory and just like how everything went down in Dealey Plaza and you go hey eh, probably not just one shooter once you go to Parkland and then the Naval Bethesda Hospital for the actual autopsy I think that that's when it blows the entire official narrative out of the water and now you're officially in conspiracy land yeah I think so too. So to me, that's almost like the runway mm-hmm. of the of the conspiracy because it's just you're you're taken off now from here. Mm-hmm. And it seems like just from the stuff that I read the last day or so, it was like all of the shit after the shooting, um, like after Dallas, they just didn't give a shit about. Like Even though there's supposed to be procedures and mm-hmm. nope. Yep. Nope, 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 nope. It was like once Oswald got killed, it was like, okay, well, don't look at what's going on over here with the autopsy and yeah. all the different casket shit. And mm-hmm. That was, was a like, big swapperoonie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, you got your top dog that just got assassinated and assassinator just got assassinated oh shit what's going on over here yeah Mm -hmm. yeah definitely attracting people's attention Mm -hmm. for sure so the autopsy stuff is so i don't know it's so weird that there's literally no way i feel there's no way for it there's no way to it 
for there not to be a conspiracy and people like with like major pull to get the autopsy shenanigans pulled off mm-hmm. the the casket stuff and the autopsy like that's proof positive of that there has to be conspiracy at a high level like mm-hmm. not just like a mob level like in the government you know in the military coup d'etat mm-hmm. actual yeah because i mean just like you were saying the whole thing with the mafia and them only having a certain level of access they couldn't be the ones doing all the shit with the autopsy no. and caskets and stuff where they ended would be, would have been at the shooting and after that they wouldn't be able to touch anything and i personally don't even think that they could have been involved in the shooting portion mm-hmm. of it that had to be military people yeah that's just something to throw in there yeah mm-hmm. but but all of the logistics surrounding the shooting all the stuff with the dallas pd and with internally you know mobbed up stuff the taking out loose ends all of that stuff they for sure could be involved in but the actual event in the shooting i don't yeah i just don't see it yeah and then autopsy no way no no way it's just another thing to get they probably chirped in people's ears and kept everything so compartmentalized oh yeah we're doing this so everybody shows up at the same time and yeah yeah yeah, we're doing this and oh no somebody else is doing it yeah yeah for sure just to make sure you have people from every aspect there yeah to confuse it so much that yeah yeah, exactly that's why the Mossad thing makes sense and then you know now there's stuff coming out saying that that was in the new stuff that was released there's stuff about the russians Mm -hmm. you know potentially being involved and there's just like so much mixed in there that i think that they had to literally like throw everything Mm -hmm. at it so that it's so confusing that nobody nobody can find the truth yeah i think one of the new things was that um oswald's wife was like kgb or some shit Mm -hmm. and that's Oswald to yeah, you. That's what I'm. That's what I meant to say. GP. Anyway, so yeah, we'll talk today about autopsy stuff. The official. Uh, the, I feel like that's where the official story really starts to kind of unravel, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Did you want to kick it off or? Yeah. Um, so, the stuff I've got is. I think you should mostly first bring up your shirt. Oh well, yes. I mean it's. It's offensive. The, the old Misfits bullet shirt. JFK's head exploding on the shirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Officially blood coming out of his head. Yep. So fitting. That was another thing I wanted to bring up was that um, Glenn Danzig was the He did it. Shooter. <laughs> that son <laughs> of a bitch. <laughs> like, I'm going to start a band called the Misfits and we need a good song. I'm going to kill the president. Yeah, and then and then we'll, we'll and reach the before that I'm going to kill Marilyn Manson or Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> and <laughs> four feet tall. Yeah. We met him. Yeah, he's on the bus and he's like, he's like dude, you're standing on the top step and anyway. Yeah, midget. Midget okay. action dog, midward. So, uh, really the the stuff I've got here is kind of the the casket issues that uh, kind of happened after the the fact. So, according to the 
official story. A lot of, on uh, this stuff came from uh, an article called the Kennedy Casket Conspiracy by Jacob Hornberger. Mm-hmm. There can be mm-hmm. only one. Let's go, motherfucker. Anybody with the name of Jake is a liar. <laughs> Uh, conspiracy shit. theorist. <laughs> this was uh, election denier, nom denier. Eleven twenty two two thousand ten, and uh, found this on it's uh, fff dot org, and it's something Freedom Foundation or I don't know, but it, it, there's a ton of good articles on this stuff in there. Um, you probably found it on trannydv.org. <laughs> Thanks for the pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Slurping on that D. (laughs) So, may we proceed? (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) So, the official story is after uh, he was pronounced uh, JFK was pronounced dead. He was wrapped in white sheets, placed into a heavy, ornate bronze casket at Parkland Hospital, transported to Air Force One, and then flown to uh, Andrews Air Force Base. And once they arrived, it was the casket was moved onto a Gray Navy ambulance, and um, Jackie and I think. Uh, Bobby Kennedy <clears throat> rode in the ambulance to um, Bethesda Naval Hospital, arriving at 6.55 p.m. And at 8 p.m., the casket was carried into the morgue by the Joint Casket Barrier Team, consisting of members from all branches of the military, dressed in uniforms with white gloves. And then the autopsy took place. <clears throat> But at some point between the plane leaving um, Dallas and arriving at uh, Andrews Air Force Base, got a scratch. Mm. A little deep. JFK was uh, removed from the bronze casket, placed into a body bag, and then into a like nondescript uh, shipping casket. That's. There were some uh, witnesses that said that this was similar to like the the caskets that they'll use for fallen soldiers. The aluminum ones. Yeah. Yeah. Out of aluminum. So this casket was then placed into a black hearse and arrived at Bethesda uh, at about six p.m. So. Excuse me. Jesus. About fifty minutes prior to the official casket arriving <clears throat> hmm. 50 yeah. minutes prior yeah hmm. so timelines dog timelines yeah um, so this one uh, arrives at about six o'clock and this story was reported by a marine sergeant uh, Royer Boyajin uh, on Common 1126 spelling. yeah yeah B-O-Y a-J-I-A-N. Bajujin. Yep. We got burps, we got itches. 
Yep. This show <coughs> sucks. <laughs> Dad shit going on. Yeah. <coughs> oh, man noises. <coughs> that was like a band. All that was like music to my ears. So he he ended up writing an after action report um, after this whole uh, scenario. He stated that uh, the detail with the black hearse arrived at the hospital approximately 1800, and after reporting as ordered, uh, several of the detail were uh, several of the detail were posted at entrances to prevent unauthorized persons from entering. The prescribed area at approximately 1835 the casket was received at the morgue entrance and taken inside and so this is all be happening before even uh, Jackie and the official coffin arrive so he had already been brought into the morgue into the like ante room or whatever next to it for the the autopsy well, then they take him to the X-ray floor first, and there was like there was some more stories from um, a few other uh, guys that two of them were X-ray techs that were down um, doing X-rays for the autopsy and were bringing the films out mm. to develop them as Jackie and. Bobby were coming into the hospital with the bronze casket. Yep. Yeah. Which is like they're like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. And it, it from what I read, it was like Jackie and Bobby didn't know what this guy was doing with the films because it was just, you know, kind of a normal operating hours time of day. Mm -hmm. So uh but the the people involved here were just like, why is... Yeah, why we saw him come in in an aluminum casket. We took him for x-rays. Now we're coming back down with the film, and, and here comes... another yeah. casket in. Yes. Yeah. The one from Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the... Uh, <laughs> that first Amateurs, dude. dude. Yeah. yeah that, Eight-year-olds, dude. This dude... Um, you said it, man. Oh, what's his name? Boyajin. Not gonna. Um, yeah, <laughs> not gonna be alive anymore anyway. <laughs> he uh, he was talking after everything got settled and all the caskets were there and shit was kind of calmed down. All of the caskets. Yeah, <laughs> you, need, you need multiple yeah. caskets yeah. for one person. Yeah. He was talking to one of the other guards and um, asked him something along the lines of who who came in in the second casket or you know why is there a second one and the guy was like well i think you know why and hmm. it's like that's you know fucking the weird. yeah y you know duh yeah and so huh? <laughs> oh yeah yeah it's cool, cool. you'll yeah. kill yourself later <laughs> yeah i get it yeah yeah and so when they open up this um, this aluminum like transport casket. There was 
three different witnesses that said that he was in a uh, like rubberized uh, body bag. But when he left Parkland, he was wrapped in sheets. Mm-hmm. So why, you know, where in the process did that happen? Was it? Well, let's get him back out. Let's yeah, re-wrap yeah. it. Like, fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a uh, an E6 Navy corpsman, uh, David Dennis, who was, he was serving as the chief of the day at Bethesda. And he was informed by Secret Service agents at uh, 1730 that JFK would be autopsied at their facility and to put together a security team uh, around the morgue. So he put together the team and got got down to the morgue. He had some of his officers were tasked with offloading the casket from the hearse. And the driver and the passenger of the hearse were in uh, white surgical gowns to do the autopsy. Hmm. It's like, hmm, that's kind of a weird deal. Usually, you scrub in first in the. Well, I don't think with autopsies it's really a, you know, there's no need for hmm. a sterile thing, but it's usually a pathologist at the hospital that's doing those autopsies you would think they'd want to be sterile environments because if you're going to take tissue samples and then run Mm -hmm. tests and you know i don't know it's just weird for evidence (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway uh but when they were offloading that casket that's when uh the description of the casket looking like the um the shipping caskets for the soldier remains came about <clears throat> Another uh, E-4 Navy corpsman, uh, Paul O'Connor, he was an autopsy tech. Um, he had stated to the House Select Committee on Assassinations that uh, JFK had arrived at Bethesda in a cheap metal aluminum casket in a rubberized body bag with a zipper down the middle. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you mean bronze? You said bronze. Didn't remember? Yeah, record, remember? Let the record reflect. Let the reflect. Let record reflect. He said bronze. Stepping yep. on the floor. Um, there was another uh, E four Navy guy. Um, there was a the autopsy X ray tech that saw Jackie and and Bobby coming in when he was going out to. Uh, do the you know process the x-ray films that when um that he saw the black hearse and when he was in the um, autopsy room there were two different caskets in the room one was bronze and then the other one was the um the shitty one the cheap one yep the millionaires (laughs) And then uh, later, he ended up uh, denying those statements to the assassination review board. Oh well, yeah, he's like, "No, I never said that. I don't want to die. Yeah, I'm gonna live. I love life. Like I got this huge paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> My memory is faulty from back then. And then mm. the last one that 
was kind of like actual um like written evidence was the uh the first call sheet from the funeral home who uh when they came in to do the embalming they fill out a form with that has like kind of like a order sheet for the type of uh casket that they're going to be using all that kind of stuff and on their first uh call sheet they listed they had a note that said the body was removed from a metal shipping casket at uh u.s naval hospital at bethesda and then it was put into the um mahogany casket that they were using so three we had the bronze one from love field parkland hospital Mm -hmm. the aluminum from bethesda and then also the mahogany that showed up at bethesda so you have three caskets for one dude three caskets and then um there was so the bronze casket i read horrible waste of resources yeah (laughs) this is this is even better this one's even better with that bronze casket Apparently, it had been damaged during the flight, and so the Air Force decided that best thing to do with it, let's chuck it in the Atlantic Ocean. Mm, yeah. When have you ever heard that story before? <laughs> <laughs> SEAL Team 6 yeah. and Osama bin Laden? Mm, weird. Jeez, dude. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just get rid of it in the ocean. We don't want to turn it into a thing, so we're just going to ditch it in the ocean. Yeah. Really? And that's where his body is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the the timeline stuff in there with um, the autopsy, <clears throat> the x-rays were being done before the bronze casket arrived at the hospital. And so there was a, I, I didn't really get into those notes in, in my, or get into that in my notes, but um, there was some back and forth at the um I think it was a church committee where they were asking about these timelines specifically. And the the people that they're asking, like, well, I could have been fuzzy on that. Like, <laughs> well, I could have been wrong, you know. Like, so One of the most important things I could have been wrong on. You're saying yeah. you're taking <laughs> the x-rays at, like, you know, 520 in the afternoon, but... The coffin doesn't get to the hospital until 6.30? How is that possible? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I plead uh, the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like we us a, with the uh, <laughs> LeGrand trip. Oh, yeah. Couple. yeah. What are you guys, uh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, where are you guys going? Uh, <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> I can't remember what we said. But. I don't remember anything, dude. <laughs> Flashlight face. Uh, we're all going to jail for Tony's warrants. <laughs> <laughs> and no, just he got weed. <laughs> just got a speeding ticket. God damn it. Anyway, but that was kind of the casket story. Like, yeah, it shady. It's. Just that, just that just portion lies, is yeah. like, why would, yeah. why would you even do that? Yeah. 
they had like a bunch of different body doubles and they were waiting to see where the bullets were going to hit and they had these corpses and they were like pounding hammering these in injuries into them to try to to yeah. do it like let's see let's mimic this uh maybe <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> that yeah. one didn't work so yeah <laughs> try the next one we need to be accurate yeah fucked up yeah totally is that all you had yeah um so the stuff that i'm going to talk about is kind of pre pre the autopsy or sorry pre the casket and then going into the autopsy and the reason why i'm going to bring this stuff up that happened on the way to parkland and at parkland i think is really important when you actually read the autopsy results that have been archived now and that are available you can get the pdf online because there's definitely some inconsistencies between witness statement and then what's on the official record of the autopsy so I've tried not to belabor the point, but it's a long point to make a really short point, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So going back to Dealey Plaza, shots ring out, Lancer's down, Clint Hills running his ass up, jumps on the pack of the presidential motorcade, Secret Service agent William Greer is a driver, front seat passenger is Secret Service agent Roy H. Kellerman, which is a 13-letter name, by the way. Mm -hmm. They're on the gas, and according to Clint Hill, it took him four minutes, excuse me, about four minutes to get to Parkland Hospital from when they left, exited Dealey Plaza. Um, and then I'm going to play, this is from like some uh, veterans interview thing that they did a couple years ago with uh, Clint Hill. So I'm going to play this, and this is talking about the president's head wound specifically so this is clint hill after he jumped up on the back of the motorcade what he saw and what he did okay and as i approached the car just as i was getting there there was another shot that was fired that one i heard and i felt because that time the president had fallen a little bit farther to his left and his head was way down like kind of like this and that sh shot hit him in the back of the head and then it erupted out of the upper right quadrant, just above the ear. And it blew that portion of the skull, skull, which was still attached to the scalp, forward like a flap, kind of. And out of that wound gushed blood and bone fragments and brain matter all over the back of the car, all over me, all over Mrs. Kennedy. When I started to get up in the car, Mrs. Kennedy came up in the trunk. She was trying to grab some of that material that had erupted out of the president's head, and she managed to get some of it in her hand. I grabbed her and put her in the back seat. When I did that, the president's body fell to his left into her lap. The right side of his face was up. I could see his eyes were fixed. There was a hole in the skull. I could see in that hole there was no brain matter left. It had all been blown out. Okay, so no brain matter left in his head. It all been blown out. This is the witness of all witnesses. This yeah, is Clint Hill, right there. the dude that just jumped on the back of the car after the shots were fired. And you heard him say that he felt the third shot, right? I don't know what he means by that. I'm going to surmise that maybe he felt like the, the impact, maybe some kind of a 
vibration or something as it as it hit Kennedy's head. Maybe he was close enough that it, maybe he felt like that hollowed reverberation. I don't know. Um, don't know. Because he was clearly behind Kennedy, regardless if it, the shot came from the front or the back. It doesn't matter. He was behind Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So, But he said that he felt it, saw it. Brain matter goes everywhere, bless you. And uh, he looks in the dude's head. Head's empty. There's no brain matter left. And then he says, what? Jackie Kennedy was collecting brain matter or something like brain matter from the back of the car. You can see that on the camera, yep, on the you video. You can see it on the Nick's film. You can see it on the... Uh, Zapruder film, she jumps back there, so she takes some brain matter. This is all going to come into play when I make my main point. And it eats it. Yes. Better than the man I'm out of on the street. Oh, never mind. Brains, brains, brains for death. Brains for breakfast, brains for lunch. Brains on every single meal. Why can't we have some guts? Brains are all we ever get. Yeah, that song sucks. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> you don't know. Once again, Misfits. Uh, let me fast forward here. Uh, this is the same interview. I'm going to go into another part of that interview here in a second. Um, okay, so according to Clint Hill, he jumps on the back of the car. It says, hey, let's get this guy to the hospital. He gives a thumbs down to the car he just jumped from. Because he sees what's up, what's up with Kennedy. Hey, thumbs down. This guy's down. And then he yells at the driver, get to the hospital. William Greer's the driver. Kellerman's the passenger. Kellerman also says, get this thing to the hospital. Let's go. But none of them know how to get to the hospital. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Don't be my security. <laughs> you guys are my security and you don't even know how the way to the hospital even though you're not from this town, I don't care. Like you were supposed to come in before and drive your route and, and then figure out, you know, exactly what turns and all that. So, I mean, come on, dude, watch cool running. The bobsledders were practicing in their bathtub, memorizing the turns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plan your route, route your plan. Yes. <laughs> I got that in a fortune cookie once. Yes. I used to keep it. With wait, wait, say that again. Plan your route, route your plan. In bed. <laughs> you always end it in bed. That's right. With fortune cookies <laughs> so none of them know how to get to the hospital so they say that they let the car with the chief of police in front of them to follow them to the hospital but not the official narrative the official narrative is that the police chief was always in front of them so how did they all of a sudden let them pass and then mm-hmm. yet another inconsistency in the story uh so, like I said, according to the official narrative, the lead car was always in the front, and it always had the sheriff and the chief of police in there. So, at the hospital, Clint Hill says, hey, we had to unload Connolly first. Then, to get him out of the car, I threw my suit jacket over top of his head, and then Jackie let him go. Jackie didn't want to let him go prior to that, so he threw the shirt, the suit jacket over his head to cover his wounds. Then they put him on a gurney, they take him to the hospital. President goes to trauma room one. LBJ is in the two cars back from them during the shots fired, comes to Parkland Hospital. He goes to a different non-trauma room. They have a conversation. And essentially, this is alleged an alleged conversation. Um, but somebody came in right before 
to tell LBJ, hey, he's been pronounced it so fast forwarding just a little bit, hey, to let him know he's dead. Do we release this information to the press? LBJ says, no, I think I better get out of here first, get back to the plane before you announce it. We don't know whether this is a worldwide conspiracy, whether they're after me as well. So we went from that statement that this could be a worldwide conspiracy 20 minutes, 30 minutes after the shooting to nope, it's all Oswald, no conspiracy, nothing, right? Mm. Interesting. So that's just an interesting side note. Um, so then LBJ ends up going to Love Field and posts up in the in the car or in the Air Force One, has a bunch of the seats removed for the gurney to be able to fit in there. And they're planning on taking this dude's body back to Washington. Um, then this then Clint Hill makes a phone call to Washington, D.C. So this is the the conversation about what happens when Clint Hill, once he gets to the hospital, JFK's in trauma room one. Here's what he ends up saying, talking about the phone call that he made. So this is like a two-minute clip. I raided in there. My assistant stayed immediately beside her. My supervisor asked me to open a phone line to the White House in Washington. So I asked the uh, emergency room personnel to use one of their phones. They gave me a phone to use. Uh, we had a White House switchboard in Dallas that the White House Communications set up. I got a hold of that switchboard and told them to connect me to the White House and keep the line open. And so I was briefing my supervisor in Washington about what had happened, and the operator cut in. And he said, uh, Mr. Hill, the Attorney General wants to talk to you. So the Attorney General was Robert Kennedy, the President's brother. He said, Clint, he said, what's going on down there? So I explained to him that there had been a shooting, the President was, he had been hit, and Governor Connolly had been hit. We were in the hospital, they were doing what they could to try and uh, help the two gentlemen. He said, well, how bad is it? Now, I didn't want to tell Robert Kennedy that his brother was dead. So I just said, it's as bad as it can get. And with that, he just hung up the phone. So then at 1 o'clock, the doctor came out of the uh, trauma room and said, uh, I'm sorry, but the president is dead. There's nothing more we can do. When that happened, the chief of staff came to me and said to Clint, we want to transport the president's body back to Washington. Can you arrange to get us a casket? So I got a hold of the administrator of the hospital, and they put me in touch with a mortuary, ordered a casket, had it brought to the hospital, brought in, and they were preparing the president's body to be placed in the casket when uh, one of the coroners came in. And he said, what are you guys doing? And we said, we're preparing to transport the body back to Washington. He said, you can't leave with the hospital. He said, why not? He said, because there's a law in Texas that says that a homicide victim has to be autopsy before he's released. And we said, well, how long will that take? And they said, oh, an hour, maybe two hours, maybe a day. And we said, no, that's not acceptable. So then they agreed to allow us to take the president's body, provided we would uh, provide a a uh, medical doctor with the body through the entire process. And so I volunteered Admiral George Berkeley, who was the president's military physician, and happened to be there. And so he uh, remained with the body 
uh, right up through the autopsy. What? I mean, the, the shooting was about 1230 Dallas time. Rough, roughly 1230 in the afternoon. So he really, the trauma physicians really only had a few minutes before they realized there was nothing they could do. They realized almost instantly that nothing they could do. They didn't even turn the president's body over. They only looked at him from the front. They didn't realize that there were two uh, gunshot holes in the back. One at about the neck level, that, that was the entrance point, and it exited where the necktie is, uh, the knot, and uh, it had nicked the knot. And the other one, uh, low in the back of the head, that it exited above the ear. The one above the ear is the one that they saw immediately. No brain matter there. His eyes was fixed. There was no, he, he was breathing a little bit at the time that we got him into the emergency room. I guess it was just an involuntary um, situation, but uh, that didn't last long and there was no blood pressure and nothing. Did you? Okay. So let's take apart his statement there <clears throat> just for a second. So he claims that he gets on the phone and then calls the White House, starts briefing his supervisor about what's going on. And then a cut in comes through and it's Bobby Kennedy asking him what's going on. And then he tells Bobby Kennedy, not according to Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy was at his home a couple miles from uh so just just north of Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia, wherever his house was down there. He was at his house getting ready to have lunch with a friend who the friend was a witness to the phone call coming from the White House to Bobby, telling Bobby that his son or that JFK was dead. And then he hung up the phone and said, they killed Jack. And then he sat down by the pool for several minutes by himself. Hmm. So that's according to Bobby Kennedy how he figured out that the that his brother had been killed. Well, Clint Hill saying, "Oh no, no, no!" He 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 butted into the conversation. I mean, maybe that conversation happened later. I don't know, but he's making it sound like he was letting him know straight up that you know he was the first person letting him know that he'd been shot. That's not according to Kennedy. And then you have uh, Hill is the one that calls for the bronze casket from O'Neill Funeral Home in Dallas. Bronze caskets delivered at the hospital, and that's what he's packed in and taken to Love Field in, which Luke talked about. You have the infamous flex in between uh, Earl Rose, the Dallas County coroner, and Special Agent Roy Kellerman, who was the one that said, no, we're taking him back to D.C., and, you know, the flex goes back and forth. Allegedly, according to Earl, that... There were guns drawn by the Secret Service, and then they ended up pushing past him and taking the body, basically saying, we're not we're not staying here. And then dropping in the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> kind of interesting, though, that they said, well, how long is this you know, autopsy going to take? Oh, one, maybe two hours, maybe a day. Eh. It's only the president of the United States. Eh, it may take, may, you know, we got a couple in line in front of him, but we'll get yeah, to him in yeah, a minute. Yeah. yeah. Like, really? Really? Yeah, that's you a- expect everybody to believe that. I'm pretty sure that that was their most prior. That's the freshest. That that is probably the most fresh murder autopsy that you can get. Most of them last through a weekend in the morgue and then mm-hmm. go to an autopsy. Like mm-hmm. this dude's blood is still warm when they're cutting his head off. Still breathing, mm-hmm. apparently. Yeah. yeah, yeah, involuntarily breathing. Yeah. Um. So uh, just give me a break on that. That's just ridiculous. 
And then I like how he says that they didn't try to do anything because they knew he was beyond help. Well, what about the infamous tracheotomy? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought that they did a trach. Yeah. And they put, they put a trach tube down in his throat to try to resuscitate him. But yet here he is saying, no, no, no. They didn't do anything. They, look at, they looked at him and he was, he was dead. There was a hole in there and nothing yeah, was Yeah, there was no brains. There's no way anybody could survive that. So that's the second or third time that Clint Hill says that there's no brain matter in the, in the brain or in the head. There's no brain matter at all. So that's going to be super important here in a minute when we go over the autopsy stuff. Um, so they transport Kennedy to Lovefield in the bronze casket via the hearse. Hill and Jackie are riding in the back of the hearse with... Uh, the casket they get to try to load him on the the airplane and they can't get the casket on because of the handles so they had to kind of Mm -hmm. do a little messing around with it eventually took the handles off and then they could fit the thing inside the casket Um, then at the same time while this is once they get him in there situated then johnson he gets sworn in by sarah hughes the federal judge that kennedy appointed interesting but then later on in life, it comes out that her and LBJ are like super tight, mm. watertight. Mm. Yeah. So weird. Is she the one that they think has uh, one of LBJ's kids or is that somebody else? I can't remember. That's I think that's somebody else. Okay. Yeah, that's somebody else. I just can't remember who it is. I can't either. Yeah, that'll come to me. Uh, so anyway, so going back to the tracheotomy, Joel Gold's, uh, Goldstrick in the infamous uh, tracheotomy, he said that other doctors senior to him cut the neck wound for the trach, um, but that's, once again, not according to Clint Hill. They didn't try to do anything. They took one look at him. They didn't even roll him over, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Kennedy's transported to Maryland, offloaded, and then, like Luke talked about, all the switcheroo stuff, crazy things like that happening. So, from the end of this on my part part of it, I just wanted to kind of round this out with a couple uh, key points here on the autopsy results. So, in the autopsy, they keep calling the wounds missile wounds. Wounds, missile yeah, wounds. Missile, missile wounds. <laughs> I don't understand. They they refer to them as bullets. I've seen them referred to as projectile wounds. They refer to them in the autopsy as bullets. They talk about bullets, but they talk about the specific wounds as being missile wounds. What's up with that? Just to get your brain out that hole all in one swoop. Boop. <laughs> So I'm I'm sitting here thinking, is this been in front of us the entire time? The single shooter theory, the multiple theory, you know, like the shot coming from the front, the side, the back, wherever. Like, were these some kind of like small missiles mm-hmm. that were kind of like precursor to JDAMs? Like, you know, I don't know. That's weird. That Why would they call them missile wounds? That is weird. Experimental. Yes, yeah, so experimental shit something. That they didn't. Yeah. They weren't aware of back then. Anyway, just seems kind of strange. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, 
But like we said, we talked about Clint Hill saying that he looked and he saw us multiple times that there was no brain matter left in the head. There was no brain matter left in the head. Well, when you come to, I think it's uh, page three of the autopsy, page four, somewhere in there, it says, um, the brain is removed and preserved for further study following formulin fixation. The brain is removed and preserved for further study. But Clint Hill said there was no brain left, mm -hmm. that there was nothing in there. But the brain is not a medical doctor. The brain was removed and preserved. Yes, kind of strange. Melted ice cream, dog. <laughs> yeah. So then, going a little bit further into this, uh, let me see. I don't think I took a screenshot of that. Let me open up the actual PDF here. Sorry, kind of zooming in on this stuff. Um, so it says here, missile wounds. There's a large irregular defect of the scalp and the skull on the right involving chiefly the parotial bone that extended somewhat, extending somewhat into the temporal and occipital regions. In this region, there is an actual absence of scalp and bone producing a defect which measures approximately 13 centimeters in greatest diameter. So then they come and they say, well, we removed the brain, we, we kept a hold of it. Uh, and then they start going into each one of the, uh, the different um, organs and talking about the weight and the condition of each organ. And it says, gross description of the brain. So this is on page, this is exhibit uh, uh, commission number 391, by the way. But it says, a gross description of the brain. Following formulin fixation, the brain weighs 1,500 grams. So I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. So the part of the brain that they took weighed 1,500 grams. So I started researching, well, how much does a human brain weigh? Well, between, they did like 8,000 autopsies and took the average male brain weight of an average male was 1,300 to 1,400 grams. <laughs> so Kennedy's brain weighed 100 grams more than the average of 8,000 autopsy brains, and it had been blown to pieces by a missile. <laughs> Makes sense. Case closed. Let's wrap her up. Yeah. Wow. Like, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. Your boy's wicked smart. <laughs> wicked smart. <laughs> uh, it, to me, that makes no. I mean, right there, that that's completely inconsistent with medical science. Mm -hmm. If medical science and over eight thousand average autopsies said that the average male brain weighs thirteen hundred to fourteen hundred grams, and they weighed his the remaining part of his brain. We know Jackie Kennedy collected some off of the hood. There's pictures. If you Google the inside of Kennedy's car, there's brain matter all over inside of that thing. Clint Hill said that 
brain exploded, the head exploded, and looking at his face, his eyes were fixed and dilated, and there was nothing inside of his skull. But they were able to weigh his brain brain being 1,500 grams during the autopsy after they did a bunch of casket shenaniganry. Like, I don't, I, that doesn't even make any sense. No, it does not. And Jake's. From your perspective. Jake's brakes work on his car. Yes. Okay. Just and so I am not know. suicidal, by the way. <laughs> I love life. I would never engage in autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> and I don't own any bathrobes. <laughs> Sleep naked. <laughs> But for real, from your perspective, does that does that, that make any make any sense? No. I mean, it says right here. Fixation: the brain weighs fifteen hundred grams. The right cerebral hemisphere is found to be un uh, to be markedly disrupted. There is a longitudinal laceration on the right hemisphere, which is parasagittal. Parasagittal. Serogital. In position approximately 2.5 centimeters to the right and I mean it goes in talking about the description of what what's going on with the head and the brain and it was weighed at 1500 grams hmm well see back then they didn't have people looking into shit and you couldn't not like you can now well, but you now could. it doesn't matter you could back then but you did. So, <laughs> so they go through and all the others of they talk about the lungs, uh, the left one, lung or the right lung, r- right lung weighed 320 grams. The left lung weighed 290 grams. Um, they go into the heart. They talk about the, you know, the CC, 10 CCs. It weighed 350 grams. So they, they're going through and they weighed all of these organs. They got to the brain. The brain weighed 1,500 grams, which is 100 grams more than the average human brain. And I get it. Like, JFK was smart. <laughs> he was from Harvard. You know, like, he educated. But, dude, he got shot in the head, and it looked like his head just completely ruptured in the Zapruder film. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. see the shit. You can see the brains going everywhere. You can see the flap. And like, I would, I would buy it if you said, hey, we weighed the remainder of whatever was in the cavity of the, of the skull, and it weighed 500 grams. I'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. There was some stuff still left in there, right? Yeah. yeah. But 1,500 grams? Was that a typo? Was mm-hmm. it supposed to be 150? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, wow. So to me, that was like as soon Don't as give I many ideas to fix <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. Scrub that, would you? I don't know. I, I just it doesn't make any sense. And then the last part of this before I wrap this up. Make sure you save that screenshot that shows fifteen hundred in case you go back and look at it again and it's changed. I downloaded the whole. Okay. Yeah, the, <laughs> I downloaded the PDF, but yeah, I do got a screenshot, but. All of the photographic ev- evidence at the autopsy, so all of the stuff that they did, all of the physical evidence, all of the tissue samples, guess who took all of that stuff from the autopsy? Kellerman. Mm. They literally handed all that stuff to Kellerman. Seemed like a pretty good idea. If this was a legitimate <laughs> investigation... 
Kellerman would never even left Dallas. Yeah. Clint Hill would never have left Dallas. They would have been stuck back there getting interviewed mm-hmm. while it's still fresh. Mm-hmm. Even if you were going to move the body from Dallas for the military um, autopsy to happen in Bethesda, it would have been fresh people. Mm-hmm. Probably investigators from the Bureau or you know whoever Dallas. I mean, they probably would have sent, if it would have been a normal investigation, there would have been a chain of custody where people are actually staying with that body until it's you know, being released to the, to the morgue, right. Mm -hmm. To get the collection of all that evidence. And another thing that's totally awesome (laughs) is looking at the pictures of what happened to the limousine, the presidential limo after washed it and shit. There's pictures of them opening up the trunk. I'm not even kidding you. It's parked in the, the like entrance bay of the hospital. They open up the trunk, they pull out the hard top and they put it on the on the car <laughs> and they button the, the vinyl down on the thing to make it to enclose it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a picture of a Dallas guy, like a motor cop standing there. And there's a dude with a bucket and water wiping down the side of it. Like right there, dude. Teamwork. Yeah. Oswald did it all, dude. Yeah. Oswald did it, dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Easy. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. Oswald Oswald did it. Anyway, I thought that was a pretty good episode, just in my humble opinion, because that's some pretty crazy. All that shit's crazy. Yeah. We just come back to the official narrative. Oswald did it. Mm -hmm. And after all this, it is still Oswald. Yeah. He had some pull. Major pull. Yeah. Yeah. Major pull. I just... Big dick, that one. (laughs) Yeah. Big dick. Big dick back in town. (laughs) I mean... Cleaning up the car, changing the look of the limousine, like, you know, 30 minutes, an hour before, you know, after the shooting. Like, dude, that's insanity. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Secret Service agents that were witnesses, witnesses to the shooting. Doesn't matter if Kellerman was just sitting in the front seat smoking a ciggy and he looked over his shoulder and was like, oh, Jack's head just got blown off. It was crazy. Get it to Parkland now. Let's go, boys. Where is this right? place? <laughs> is it a right turn up here on Stephens? I don't Somebody know. Somebody tell me where we're going. Big ass cigarette holder. Yeah. <laughs> I just made me a bunch of money off this motherfucker. <laughs> going to celebrate tonight at the Carousel Club, Jack Ruby boys. I mean, for real, dude. It's like even if he, even if that was that was it. He was in the car. President got his head blown off in the back seat. Those dudes are staying there for interviews. You're you're not going anywhere. You don't get to go mm-hmm. to Parkland Hospital, days, probably. Yeah, and then and then jump on the airplane, and then you're there for the uh, autopsy, and then you're taking the evidence from the autopsy. Like what? Mm-hmm. In what world does? I mean, to me, that's some third world, like crazy corrupt government shit. Mm-hmm. Even for being the '60s, where it's like, yeah. You know, they didn't know so much about, you know, investigations and crime scenes and stuff that they do now. But, dude, it's like, it's a president. I think at at the core, they would know that. But I think the general folks, normal people would be like, oh, shit, yeah, fucking do that. Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. But 
mm-hmm. if there's the the truth to the story of like people drawing guns and stuff where people have their their ways of like no we actually have to do this mm-hmm. and then people are suddenly get guns out like yeah uh yeah okay yeah. uh what <laughs> yeah it the the it's just it blows my mind that that happened and then the dude that was sitting in the jumps in the front seat is the one taking all the physical evidence and all the photographs you're taking everything from the autopsy all of the stuff that matters that dude was on the payroll, bro. <laughs> no question. I, I think that this this episode right here proves proof positive there's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. There's no way to pull those things off without multiple people. Nope. No way. No, no way at all. I mean, unless you are Oswald. Yeah, unless you're Oswald, then you could do it all by yourself. Or you're the mob. Superman, yeah. If you're the mob or Oswald, you could do it. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? No. No. Nope. Not Ugg. No. Nope. Yeah. Not gonna. Not gonna happen. Not gonna work here anymore. Anyway. <laughs> that's all I got. Not gonna get an autopsy. That's for sure. With all that stuff that just came out, um, the JFK stuff that. Yeah, all the fresh, yeah. freshy, fresh, and and now all of a sudden it's Russia is involved in it and shit. I'm like. Dude, you guys have had 60 yeah. fucking years yeah. to fabricate anything you want, and you're going with Russia, Russia did it. And then but the timing, again. dude, they'll the timing is awesome because what are we? We're in the middle of hating on Russia right now. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's so bad. He's invi- he, he invaded Ukraine, man. Mm-hmm. Gas prices and food shortages. It's all because of Putin. And then they release all this stuff, and they're like, oh, and the Russians were involved in Kennedy. And you're like, yeah, see? And they killed Kennedy, too. <laughs> yeah. And somehow Putin was there. (laughs) Ridiculous. Anyway, that's all I got. Well, next year when there's going to be a next flood of things, it'll be somebody else. Some weather, yeah. Yeah. It'll be Peru. Peru was involved. (laughs) The Antarctica. The president of Antarctica was involved. It was. (laughs) Those fucking Antarcticans. (laughs) Iceland. Fucking the Trump family involved in it. It was Trump and Iceland and all their necro pants. (laughs) (laughs) They were all wearing necro pants when they did it. Anyway, you guys got anything else? Just a huge nah, boner. Huge boner. Christmas coming up. Just remember, Merry Christmas. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something. And then we'll see you next week. Cool. After Christmas. After Christmas. Think about it, though. You better man. get a haircut. Don't worry, I will. Shave it. Yep. But think about it. Oswald did it. Later. Ciao.